0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Barrel Up Podcast. My name is Doug Clark from the Baseball Training, and today I'm joined by MLB Playball Ambassador and Founder of Just-In-Time Baseball, Justin Sherman. How's it going?
1: Doug, thanks a lot for having me on. Love what you're doing. Great talking baseball here. Looking forward Appreciate to it.
0: Appreciate it. Cool. Well, thank you. Well, uh, for everybody who doesn't know, can you kind of talk about exactly like what MLB Playball is, um, what they do, uh, what your role is um, there, and, and let's just kind of talk about uh, what you do there.
1: So with MLB, um, this all started essentially in October. Um, It was a long process, and and, you know, to this day, to this moment, I still pinch myself saying this is just a you know phenomenal opportunity, and I'm honored and and blessed, and looking forward to the responsibility of growing the game of baseball with Major League Baseball. Um, Truly, play ball in the words in the title is exactly essentially what lines up with the mission statement of the initiative we're trying to get kids across the country at that entry level you know floor ground floor to get kids to essentially play ball i know that might sound you know i know the play on words but really it's not geared it's here for everybody right but it's it's we're not targeting that child that may be played uh, that's been playing that has the resources to play we're looking to to really essentially go into areas Uh, especially here in New York state where I am here in New York um, that might not have the means or resources um, or the access to that, you know, you know, opportunity. So me as an ambassador, I go into these areas across New York and now coming up as we're getting into the new calendar year here, actually going across the country um, to essentially be the Pied Piper, one of the Pied Pipers, and work in unison with little leagues, organizations, boys and girls clubs, all different types of places and grow the game. And that's the long winded answer. But that's what they're hiring me to do. They've hired me to do. Uh, it's an awesome responsibility. And I really there, there's management tools and principles that I'm, I know we'll talk about um, that I'm trying to implement here with Major League Baseball from an educational okay. standpoint.
0: Love it. So it's, it's more about like getting people introduced to baseball. Is kind of the, the main the main thing. Not not so much the guys who are already playing travel ball. It's more towards like getting kids to, to get introduced to it, and then probably keeping them there, right? Because getting kids to start is one thing, but then getting them to fall in love with the game is another thing. Is which which we're we're really big on um, is getting kids to not only play baseball but like fall in love with it because it's an amazing game. I think uh, getting kids to to stay there is is important too
1: no doubt and something we started to add and you know after talking with uh, some of the representatives with Major League Baseball is at these events it's really important um, a new addition that really is a great fit you know in the process here where we go into these organizations the boys and girls clubs across America which is a national partner with Major League Baseball um, we invite the local little leagues to the event so when they register they get a discount code or whatever just to incentivize registration because it's great to do an event. I'm flying down in uh, in February. I'm doing an event with Bo nice. um, a play ball event. And, um, you know, that's great and it's an amazing opportunity. What do we do after? What do we do to retain that child? So uh, you're 100% right, Doug, like inviting those local little leagues and organizations. So we incentivize the sign up for the little league and, and rec departments. And, and other resources
0: yeah i, I think like so, even just something like that having a guy like bo Bichette, if you get some kid who comes in there and he's he's an mlb player instantly the, the kid is going to remember that forever that's going to be an experience forever just alone um having having uh you know an experience like that with an mlb player a, a blue jay you know canadian obviously i love the blue jay so um like, having, I, figured like, you like that. I figured you like <laughs> yeah, that as a yeah. canada guy that's probably why you uh, use that as an example because uh, yes. I'm Canadian. But um, yeah, I think like those little like small moments that might be like a small moment to some people can be such a huge moment for for kids in baseball. Like even just like getting an autograph, like I talked to a lot of people who who have been playing, you know, for so long, they first got it like started when they maybe met an MLB player, or they went to an MLB game, or, or some little experience like that made them fall in love with it. And that I think that's huge. What what you guys do with that?
1: One hundred percent. And you know, to dive into, and I and I know your principles align. After uh, you, you have a great account, and that's the beauty of social media is we can connect with other people. Um, but ultimately, we really try to reward the intangibles here with Major League Baseball and play ball. I very rarely reward home runs, throws, whatever. It's the intangibles. And, I, you know, that's something for sure that we do here at Major League Baseball. And that's a great way to grow the game as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think like rewarding, like hustle and, and good attitudes and, and hard work and all that stuff, especially at a younger age, just to kind of get them to to play the game the right way. because so obviously home runs are cool, but what's not cool is, you know, having a bad attitude and not hustling and things like that. So it's important to, you know, focus on the, the right things, especially at a young age.
1: Just, just to dive even deeper to that, Doug, um, you know, again, as we're talking about the entry level player um, that have most of the time, a lot of these children have never picked up a bat and ball. And part of the, part of the, play ball initiative what what i love is every child goes home with a franklin bat and ball set that's their sponsor with major league baseball is franklin sports nice um so it it incentivizes them to go to a park to go outside or wherever but going back on rewarding the intangibles you know we talk about here with major league baseball and within my own company justin time baseball rewarding great choices and we say choices because it's up to the child right a great choice for example would be you know, being showing great sportsmanship, like you said, showing hustling, and I think rewarding those great choices is actually a better way to grow the game. Because think about it, baseball is the hardest game. I think you and I are very biased; it's the hardest game in the world. <laughs> yeah. we, if they're getting a hit, right? It's it's hard to reward that because if they're getting a hit three times out of ten time out a ten at bats on average, there's a lot of quote unquote failure. So rewarding those intangibles it, it's it's actually much deeper it actually grows the game it grows the game and that's something we talk about here with major, in major league baseball as a youth ambassador
0: yeah because with baseball baseball is a game of failure like you're gonna fail a lot like you said if you if you get out seven out of ten times that's successful right but you're failing 70 percent of the time and that's not even counting how many times you swung and missed right? Like there's a lot of different failures that can happen in a game. So rewarding them on, on a lot more things than just getting a hit is what is going to help them fall in love with it. And, 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 uh, accept failure because failure is a part of success in everything. Like no matter what you do in life, if you want to be successful, you have to fail a couple of times to get there. Right. So
1: 100%. And I think it's also, and there's a whole talk I know on social media, like I think it's redefining what is success in, in, in as a baseball player, right? Like if you hit a baseball hard and and a guy catches it at shortstop, is that failure? Even though yeah. he got out, <laughs> and like redefining that and really rushing to be positive as as opposed to rushing to be negative as a as a youth coach, it's, it's important. And this is something that sounds obvious to you and me, but rushing to reward the specific, you know, specific thing that that child did well, right? Like I Mm -hmm. love the way that you hustled. I love the way that you're making eye contact when coach Doug or whoever it is, is, uh, you know, speaking to you, rewarding those intangibles is what's going to help grow the game, like building character, um, building better human beings. It's also going to make them feel good. And when they feel good, they're going to want to work hard. They work hard. They're going to get better. So it's a trickle down effect.
0: Yeah. You, you focus on the positives. Even if a guy goes up there and strikes out like, Maybe he had a good swing or maybe he laid off a couple curveballs in the dirt or maybe like there, there's always something that they could have that they done right that you, that you could you could focus on rather than just they already they know they struck out. You know, they, they know you don't need to, you know, point out like why you need like let's just focus on the positives and that is going to help them realize that you are going to fail as long as you will learn from each failure. Right. And when you learn and how you learn from each failure is kind of looking at at what happened and seeing what lessons are in that. Right. And with every at bat, like I tell my players all the time, like whether you had an awesome at bat or a terrible at bat, there's always something that can be learned. Right. And I think that is important that kids, you know, focus on the positives and try to build off each failure and grow as a person and grow as a player. Right.
1: No doubt about it. I bet you'll never you're very rarely see us go into a a play ball event and talk like when we give out baseball cards and Pokemon cards, that's a big thing, even in (laughs) Just in time, baseball. Like when we're giving out a baseball card or a Pokemon card for good choices, it's never. It's very rarely for hitting a home run or making a diving catch. It's for yeah. the intangibles.
0: Yeah. No doubt hustling about hustling and stuff like that. Cool. So with 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 the events, um, like how does how does that work? Like when you guys put on events, I was kind of like looking looking it up a little bit. Like your your pitch hit and run camps, like things like that. Like how do do organizations get involved and and to do do events like that or how how, do, how does it how does it work for you guys to put on events like to to pick cities or whatever?
1: Great question. So I've really I, Justin Sherman, have taken on a role and really has almost have almost developed a liaison type role within play ball. So what do I mean by that? So I'm here in New York State and I know when we when I agreed to become an ambassador, when I went down to the commissioner's office which is was a phenomenal office one of these days if you're ever in new york you got to see it unbelievable like a kid in a candy store (laughs) um but we talked about how they're really not in new york as much as they'd like to be um so i've really in my i've through my network i've been able to connect some organizations that fit the kind of the mission statement of play ball maybe certain areas or associate so, you know, groups of different socioeconomics that might not have the resources. So we kind of go into those areas and it's really a matter of almost like market research to say like, okay, this, this area, the little lead numbers are a little down or, you know, this, this, uh, doesn't have, this doesn't have any like camps or clinics. So it's really a matter of like, almost like market research. If that okay. answers your question, it's yeah, kind of a, sure. a, a feel and go.
0: Yeah, you kind of you kind of see who who needs it the most is kind of how you guys how you guys make Correct. make a choice. So, exactly. like, let's say, let's for example, like somebody like us, like say, we like reached out, like, we, would that ever happen? Like, could you do a camp here or something like that? Like, one sure. of those pitch in runs, like, how would how would that work for, for um, so hundred percent? Cities are
1: yeah, hundred percent. Now, the pitch hit and run is something a little bit different from the play ball. Okay. Um, even though they're kind of under the same umbrella, it's all youth involvement, youth development, as far as play ball, pitch hit and run their cousins. Right. But, um, we, we will, and I will be hosting as far as like, I will be running as a Pied Piper, even though I'm play ball, a play ball ambassador, I will be hosting it essentially that those, if I'm not mistaken for pitch hit and run, anyone could host it. And I'm sure you saw that anyone could host yeah. it. And again, it's almost like a way to develop the kids in the area and bring them like a competition style. Um, and anyone could do it. Like you could do it where you are. Um, as far as the play ball, it's a separate entity. It's okay. a separate. It's it's separate, even though they're cousins, if, if that okay. makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you guys, you guys do your research for play ball and be like, hey, these guys, I think we should do a camp here, um, whatever. And then for the pitch and run, it'd be like somebody be like, hey, we want to put on a camp. Let's do it here and totally kind of like that totally okay. and that, and
1: it seems like for the pitch hit and run it's geared more for that again and let me be very clear the play ball doesn't just hit one target market area of of players and children it's just it's just that we tend to go that way just obviously for the mission statement to mm-hmm. get more kids involved like it's open to everybody right We'll we we'll yeah, he can help to all areas across the country um, the pitch and run is more skilled is more, is really hard on the skill development. Like they go hard on, you know, the, the, um, competition side of it, as opposed to, um, just generally getting kids to just enjoy and play the game. So okay. those two are kind of separate entities that makes, okay. sense
0: how, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. For sure. How would, uh, how would somebody go about doing one of those?
1: A play ball event.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, they, or the you pitch could go or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You could basically go on the website, go to MLB.com, and go to if you go to the youth, there's a youth section, youth education. There's youth and education. I believe it's the youth section underneath. Um, and you could just fill out a form, and if it fits the needs, and if they could do it as far as Major League Baseball and their department, uh, they will get something done. And uh, hey, maybe maybe we'll come to you. I've never been
0: <laughs> to your area. <laughs> Let's do it. Nobody has we're way up in northern bc we're we're away from everything i would love, but, to, uh, do yeah, I'd love we, to do it i love to do it but i
1: mean again you have you have uh i forgot the the player's name
0: he's from japan
1: he oh. played for the world baseball classic uh last year he's he played for the st. louis cardinals he he did a play ball event in japan this past this couple months oh, nice. ago so you have this then you have Shut down in florida and then you have me as an ambassador doing stuff here in westchester new york so it's very uh, fluid, right? If it mm. fits the need and it fits the the mission statement, they're going to get something done. You know, they do a fantastic job, Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah, but I think I think what you guys are doing is is awesome, and I think it is going to help grow the sport. And obviously, that is the number one goal. How did uh, how did you get involved? Because I know you said you just started, you know, a couple months ago. How how did all how did this all happen for you?
1: Yeah, it it, it is it is definitely a a a long journey. But essentially, I've been running a short version. I've been running just in time baseball, my company, for I can't believe I'm saying this, five years now. Crazy. <laughs> I know as a, one entrepreneur to another, it's like, goes like that. Oh,
0: yeah. I think we're actually uh, on our fifth year, too. And it's like, how did it, how did it, how did we get here so fast?
1: I love your story, by the way. Love your story, how you went from the gymnasium at eight, eight o'clock to, to where you're at now, building such a great brand. It's fantastic. Yeah, it shows a, that it, the queen comes at to the top.
0: So, well, I think I think Great. just with that, like a lot of people, you know, you probably witness this, this too. Everybody wants to start, but they want to like start right in like the facility that I have now, or or like a big facility. That's where they want to start. It's like no, you got to start in the grind of like you know training a handful of kids. You know, in yep. an upper gym of a high school or whatever. And that's where we started. It was just, you know, we didn't have any idea how to run a business. We didn't know anything. We just knew that we wanted to help kids play baseball. That was our, that was our, our thing. And, and then it just started with, with a couple kids in a, in a high school. Like I said, at eight o'clock at night. So getting kids to, getting parents to drop off their kids at eight o'clock at night on a school night was a, a challenge to start. But, you know, like I said, we, we started and we, we did that for, for, for two years in that, in that gym. And then we got our first facility, which was literally a garage, like 800 square feet. We just put up a a batting cage and we're like, this will, this will do for now. And then just slowly grew our business and then eventually gotten to where we are now. And, 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 you know, I'm sure you feel the same way. I feel like we're just getting started. Um, we got got a, a lot of goals and a lot of plans and, and, uh, you know, starting, starting there. You know, starting from the bottom and you learn, you know, we talked about growth with, with the players, like you learn so much along the way. Like you just learn as you go. Like I had no idea how to run a business. I had no idea how to start a podcast. I had no idea how to start a YouTube channel. I had no idea how to do Instagram, but you just you go for it and then you just you learn as you go, right? And and a lot of people are like, I don't know how to do that. It's like, Well, anything that anybody knows how to do now, there was a time where they didn't know how to do that, and you just learn, right?
1: And my father played the bass fiddle. He's 88 years old, God bless him, my father. And this goes back to what, this goes to what you're saying, I promise. He would play with his fingers, right? He would play up upstate in New York in a band and he would use his fingers and his fingers would bleed, right? 3 4 days later what happened? The fingers, you know, developed calluses. So, as an entrepreneur, right? You get hit, you you get cut, you come back stronger. Right. And you learn from it and you pivot and you got to be nimble and moving and and also thinking creativity because creative commitment or creativity follows commitment. Right. And that's what you do with your business. You are creative. What can I do? How can I get bigger? How can I expand? What what ways can I drive revenue? Right. And I'm sure we could talk entrepreneurship all day. Like yeah. what ways can we drive revenue in this space? How can I utilize this space? i like creativity follows commitment. By the way, yeah. same thing calls as a coach, as a youth oh, coach. Yeah.
0: yeah, for sure. Like right. when, when we when we walked into our first facility, it was like a dump. Like it was like I think people were living in there. It was just like it was just trash everywhere. But like we we're like this is perfect. <laughs> cuz we saw the vision. We we're like, "Oh, what, That's what it. could what could this be?" And all three of us were like, "This is perfect." When anybody else would have walked in been like, "Oh, nasty. Let's get out of here." But we we're like, "Okay, this will be perfect. We can do this. We can do that." And um yeah, I love that analogy with your father cuz yeah, every Back to what we we're saying, every failure, every wound, every cut, whatever, is going to heal and you're going to grow from it and be a better person through it, right?
1: 100%. 100, and that it's important to teach kids that because, as you know, it's not a matter of like, oh, giving giving participation trophies. That's not what, what we're talking about. It's a matter of, of building character, building better humans, um, and saying like, listen, it's not the strikeout. It's how you bounce back from the strikeout that's the, yeah. that's the separator right there. Exactly. Right. Like and rewarding yeah. that and highlighting that is very important. And it, and it's very um, it's a great way to continue to retain children in, a, in an organization in a little league in a rec department. Yeah. Redefine think, uh, success.
0: Yeah. I t- talk to, to my, to my players all the time. Like it, like, it doesn't matter how you're acting when you're going four for four, because when you're going four for four, you're having a good time because you're, you're dominating, you're, you're smashing baseballs, but how are you acting when you're going all for four, right? That's, that's going to be the true judge of character of how, what kind of person you are when you're going all for four, when you're struggling, when you make an error, right? How do you bounce back from that? Do you bring everybody else down when you go for four? just, because you're having a bad day, you got to ruin everybody else's day, right? It's, and ruin the team. So it's, I think it's important. And you talk about developing better humans. That's like the biggest thing that we preach is like, you know, obviously we want to develop baseball players and their skills and and develop that, but we want you to be a good person as well, right? And I truly believe in leading by example. And as a coach, as a mentor, as, you know, as a leader, it's your job to not tell the kids how to behave. It's your job to behave the way you want them to behave, right? And I think that's super super important in be- in being a good person a- as a role model because these kids they're looking up to you. If you're an adult and you're in a leadership role, like you have to like act like it. Like you put yourself in that position, so you need to behave the way you want them to behave, right? And a lot of coaches just think like, "Oh, I'm a good baseball player. I sh- I'm the best coach." It's like, "Well, no, you're a terrible person, so why should these kids, you know, want to be mentored by you, right? 100%. And
1: and you know, it's a great it's a subject I will tell you that that I try to hit on and you're 100% right coach you're 100% right um a subject that i believe is not talked about enough and even in the social media game is the delivery of instruction right mm. what is your uh, what is your delivery of instruction to a 7 year old are you empathetic i this is what i say I, we do professional developments for our staff um it's a game, it's been a game changer when i say professional developments excuse me i be, we bring in someone like you who's like extremely baseball knowledgeable, great educator, youth coach, then I'll bring in a special education teacher that has nothing to do with baseball. How to deliver, how to like manage behavior, um, how to, you know, how to um deal with a psychological, you know, uh situation that they're dealing with. A wide base. And the whole idea is what I believe what we try to what we try to do here with as a youth coach for Uh, as an ambassador and also as a youth organization in New York is like our delivery of instruction needs to be the separator. So for example, you have, you have a child not paying attention in a drill. If they're not paying attention, you need to look inward as a youth coach and be take self inventory and say, what am I doing as a youth coach that, that, that child is not paying attention, right? Like how can I change my delivery of instruction and my management of the practice to make it more engaging. I think taking self inventory is very Always. important. And also like the way your delivery of instruction, like your empathy, right? Like I'm sure you do a behavior management, right? Like you have mm. to like when you're seeing, because I, I it looks like based on what I follow you with, it seems like you work with some of the older kids. We mm. tend to work with a lot of younger kids. Yeah, We work,
0: um, we work with everybody. Like we even have like six year olds up to like 18 college. So like we work, we work with everybody. So yeah, you have to deliver your message differently to each one. Right.
1: Right. And it's like, I, I was just, we just did a professional development and it's like, you have kids, you, you're doing a ground ball drill, right? Basic ground balls. And you have seven kids waiting on a line and they're kicking dirt. Whose fault is that? Right. Is that <laughs> yeah. the kid's fault or is that the coach's fault? For the management and the delivery of instruction where they're bored, right? Because if you were that seven-year-old, you'd be bored on that line. Mm -hmm. How do you flip it where, you know, management, delivery of instruction, instead of having one kid and eight kids waiting on a line, get eight kids on a poly spot or in between a cone facing you, you get to see all the kids, right? Or a partner ground ball activity where, let's say you're by yourself, you're a parent coach, you're at a little e-practice or even just an organization, you do partner ground balls, you got 10 kids, and it's two, 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 as opposed to one kid standing in a line, and one kid going and eight kids standing on a line, right? How do we, the delivery of instruction, you could have the coolest drill, (laughs) this hip hinge, launch angle, rap soto. but like, if the eight year old doesn't understand it, and the kids are not managed properly, it almost is almost doesn't matter.
0: Oh yeah, it doesn't matter how cool your drill is if you didn't like deliver properly. And and delivery is huge because as a an adult talking to kids like you, they might you might think they're perceiving your message the way like you would perceive it. But Correct. You got you got to look listen to yourself through their ears and and watch them through through your through their eyes and see like okay, would I would it can a five year old understand this? You know, if I'm using fancy words, I can't pinch. Like probably not. Right. That's why like I I talk a lot about like squishing the bug you know with younger kids like it's a controversial thing like oh well you don't actually squish the bugs like yes i know but to a 6 year old who's just Correct. learning how to swing a bat tell him to squish the bug it's fine swing hard and squish the bug that's all that's all we say and you, you know for, what i for, say for yeah.
1: no you're 100% right and I, I, i'm being rude i didn't mean to cut you off i apologize like the the body figures itself out right yeah. so if i'm literally saying if a kid is dropping his back shoulder and hitting pop-ups on the top of the net the What I would say to a seven-year-old or to a nine-year-old is, I want you to swing down, mm-hmm. right? That's going to even itself out. That's, to me, a better approach than saying, okay, keep your elbow in, keep <laughs> yeah. this, it, like swing yeah. down. I want you to chalk down. If he's really dropping his back shoulder, hitting the top of the net and completely dumping that barrel, like yeah. way too much, I, for me, and uh, you might ask another coach, for me, i rather tell a child, swing down.
0: Yeah, hit right? the, the ball in front of the plate.
1: That's it. And that'll autocorrect. Right. The ki- yeah. So the empathy of understanding, like you said, like if I was that eight year old, I think the best youth coaches are empathetic and keep it extremely simple, yeah. empathetic and and, uh, you know, really are empathetic of their delivery of instruction. And that's like higher level thinking, like on an educational standpoint.
0: Yeah. And super, super simple. And it's got to be fun, especially when they're young. Like they, they have to have fun. If they're, if they're, if you're working with like eight to 10 year olds and they're not having fun, like then what are you doing? Right. And you know, you can can still talk about mechanics and all that, but you still got to make them have fun. Like, and obviously getting better is going to make it more fun for them, but you also got to keep them. Like you said, if there's eight kids standing in a line, kicking dirt, it's like, well, we got to do something different here. Right. So no doubt about um, it it's important to, to, to know who you're talking to. Um, but yeah, kind of, kind of back, kind of got sidetracked there, but uh, kind of back to how you got involved and, and you're and your business just in time. Let's kind of jump back to, to that.
1: No, I, I, and I think you and I have great synergy right now. This is fantastic. That's good. Basically, is good. uh, basically five years, uh, started during actually right before COVID. I'm giving you a real summation here. Um, during COVID, I started a virtual phys ed baseball class. I actually had a kid from Canada nice. on my class. We would do uh, the kids were not getting phys ed during COVID. Like, and and I actually have a master's in not to sound hoity toity. I have a master's in physical education. Um. So again, I'm I'm an entrepreneur baseball. I had the I had the background of phys ed. So I said a huge need for my players one on one because it was just Justin Sherman. Is, is they're not getting phys ed. So I would do a phys ed class on Zoom. We would do hockey with a broomstick. We'd do bowling with rolled up pairs of socks and uh, empty water bottles. And we would always have a positive word or message of the day. Um, caught like wildfire, right? Just It just kept like building in one kid, two kids, Florida, a kid from Florida, a kid from Chicago. And it was baseball centric, right? We always had baseball focus around it, but mm-hmm. it was phys ed activities. Like you said, just keeping it fun. And um, then kids, you know, parents, as you can imagine, because same same, I'm assuming demographic like, hey, listen, my kid just can't be on Zoom. It's June. It's 91 <laughs> degrees outside. It's June yeah. 20th. Like we got to be outside. So we started doing in person. Then one parent started putting groups together, all with the positivity, fail free environment, youth development. It was really a youth development. And that's something to this day, I still talk about in our company as we continue. Fast forward one, just like how you built your great business. Fast forward to today, five years later, we're now partners with 13 different little leagues in New York awesome. State, ages all ages four to 10, four to 11, T ball, rookie ball. And uh, I went from Justin Sherman to now 18 coaches and two back end administration uh, staff members. So we wow. have 20 employees. And, uh, you know, and then recently the the play ball came about, which was, you know, crazy uh, in a good way. And uh we're just we're just growing and, and grinding. And basically it's more from we don't really see that 15 year old kid trying out for his high school team. We really focus on the elementary school age, right? It's like a youth development enrichment company and baseball is the vehicle. And it's skill development, right? It's not like it's not a babysitting service. We're we're skilled development, but we, we put an emphasis on the macro, right? And I know a lot of other companies do too, but like we're not getting kids to go to a perfect game tournament tomorrow. That's mm-hmm. not our company. It's a youth development enrichment company and having each child reach their own potential. That's like our mission statement. So we partner with little leagues. We go into, um, basically we'll be like a bolt-on solution for a, t-ball, little, for a T-ball program, for rookie ball, where they have their parent coaches And we facilitate it. We'll send three or four coaches and um, we'll help work in unison with their Little League to help build it up. Because something that we could probably have a whole second podcast about, you know, people say like abolish the parent coaches. They're terrible, whatever, yelling, which there's a lot of them, (laughs) but a lot of them or most of them are great and have the right intentions and they need the tools and the resources. So when we come in there, we also make it a mandatory that they do a coach's development program so like we it's part of the package so we'll come in there and we'll run your t-ball program and facilitate it and make sure it's organized and also in the beginning of the season now we do a coach's clinic part of the package not necessarily here's how to do a launch angle but like mm-hmm. how do you manage 10 kids like yeah. you're by yourself running a practice you're a parent coach you just got off the train from your your job in the city how do you manage 10 kids like that is important yeah that is vital in my opinion Oh yeah, And that's what we try to do here. I want to work in unison with these little leagues. That's what my company does. And we do private stuff. So I that's that. where we're at. And we're, we're, you know, we're rearing to go. And I'm looking to really expand Justin Sherman. And this might be a segue. I'm looking to have Justin Sherman of Justin Time Baseball to really help these parent coaches. And I'm, I know you do that too. Mm-hmm. But helping the parent coaches, like managing kids, how to, how to keep players engaged. How do we retain kids? How do we make them more interested in the sport? And how do we make your job as a parent coach easier? Yeah, that's that's a big thing. So that's the long-winded answer.
0: No, I I uh, I love everything that you're doing, and that uh, that's huge because you know a lot of the the parents like need help too, like just as much as the kids do. Because a lot of the the volunteer parent coaches are. You know, either they have a kid on the team and either they've never played before or they maybe played in Little League and they played a little bit growing up. So they they know a little bit, but not enough, like how to run a practice. They might know how to hit a ball, but they don't know how to run a practice. They don't know how to manage kids. They don't know how to do all these little things that are really important when you are a coach. And also even just like um, talking about being like a role model, like that's something that they need to be aware of, too. Because it just because your kid is on the team and you're the coach now, you have to know the role that you're stepping into. Because you are going to impact these kids, whether you like it or not. And it's either going to be a negative impact, it's going to be a positive impact. There's going to be no impact at all. But you got to know that by you stepping into this role, you know, just just like a volunteer, oh, I'll coach my kid in the summer. That's it's a lot bigger than that. And, you know, we've all had coaches like that. We're just parent coaches that we remember as kids and maybe it was a good experience, maybe it was a bad experience, right? But they're, they're going to leave an impact and it's, it's important to, you know, train these coaches to, to be aware of that. Not only just how to run a practice and, and to do all these things. It's like, you have to be aware that these kids are watching you. They're listening to you. They're going to take every single word you say literally. So if you, you know, are being sarcastic, they don't know you're sarcastic. They don't know you're being sarcastic, so. You know, right. You got to like, you got to know that like every word you say, they're going to hang on to for a long time. Right. I remember things that my coaches told me that like don't even make any sense, but I hung on to it for, for so long because he told me that. Right. And you're like, and you look up to them as parents and coaches and leaders. And as a kid, you don't know any better. You just, you were just told. I think that's a, that's something that we've been um, wanting to get a lot more involved in is um, like holding like coaches clinics. So I want to, uh, focus on the, the guys that you're you're teaching too right the parents who don't really know what they're doing like helping them is going to help grow the sport you know just as much as helping the kids right
1: 100 it's it's a partnership meaning like Love that we need parent coaches we yeah. need parent coaches they are the underbelly of youth sports 100%. that sounds very dramatic but it's the damn it truth it's just the truth um and uh you know giving them the tools and the resources Something that you and I take for granted, like running a practice, they don't know. Like a lot of them Mm. just don't know. And it has nothing to do with the drills. It has to do with the management, like management, nothing. I don't think that's talked about enough. And I'd I'd love your thoughts on this. Really, as a baseball expert, coaching expert, I don't think management is talked about enough. Like you have 10 kids, even a professional coach, you have 10 kids, you're by yourself. What do you do to manage that practice? Mm. What makes it more efficient? Is it one kid going and nine kids waiting online, or do you do partner activities or a self catch where you're, you're the facilitator and managing that, you know, more efficiently and getting more reps in a shorter amount of time.
0: Yeah. It's, it's nice when you, you can, you know, get the kids to all get a partner or something and do drills like that. Cause then everybody's involved the whole time. Right. And that's the best way to do, depends on the drill, obviously, but like, yes. it is, better, it is uh, Any a good age. way to do it. Yeah, I, sure. we
1: always say some, some great, some great professor, again, that's the sound hoity toity <laughs> nose in the air, but said the duration of the drill should be equivalent to the age of the child. So if it's, okay. if they're eight years old, should be an eight minute, it should be give or take eight to 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. I'd rather do fewer, sorry, more rotations with, you know, a less amount of time and get, you know, more repetition, less stand, less standing around. Because obviously, as you both we both know, standing around is the devil. Standing around is <laughs> the devil in a practice.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. Like with those kids, with those young kids, like man, like sometimes a, a ten minute station seems like it's like forty five minutes with with those younger kids. So you you got to keep it moving. Even like yeah, like five to ten eight minutes, like that's like a for that station. Okay, move it, and then you just kind of rotate that and you do that for an hour an hour and a half or whatever however long your practice is have more stations more fun drills rather than like hey we're gonna do ground balls then we're gonna do fly balls then we're gonna pitch and then we're gonna play catch four stations 25 minutes a station that's the practice totally. no, that. that's not gonna work for especially for the younger kids maybe for the older kids when uh like you know all-star travel ball whatever you might get away with that but for the younger kids and when you're doing camps and stuff like that you got to keep it you got to keep it moving you got to keep them busy right one hundred
1: percent, and I I started to get real bold here, and it and it didn't work sometimes. And this is as a tool. You have a, as a coach, you have tools in your toolbox, right? But like I tried twice around instead of one rotation. Like, hey, we're gonna do two rotations. Yeah. And the last rotation, I you could even throw it out. I think mixing it up too, as a coach, is important because things can get stale. Where I tried something the other day, I just went for it. I made I made it almost like a baseball carnival, right? Like, fo- like one rotation around, and then the last second round, okay, pick your favorite station, go. And it ended up being like they dispersed pretty evenly. It was like 20 yeah. kids. <laughs> and like they just did it. So I think it's important to switch it up, keep it moving, and also very important sometimes it's – it's, and I love your thoughts on it. It's like it's good to give kids choice. Mm-hmm. Like when we do a warm-up with an eight, a seven-year-old, We'll do these locomotor movements like jogging, skipping, galloping, shuffling. And we'll be like, okay, on this next one, come up with your own exercise. Give a kid a choice. Okay. I think it's important too, as opposed to being a command style coaching where it's like, do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. Yeah. How about you do what you want to do? Obviously within the parameters, like yeah. you know, we're not a we're not a circus, mm-hmm. but um, you know, keep giving kids choice too is another very key point, I think. Something I'm learning as I'm doing this more and more
0: yeah I think like for, for for a lot of our like we have a younger group of like six to eight year olds um in our training and a lot of times we're like what do you guys want to do today They're like let's play exactly. wiffle ball." we're like we're like okay let's play wiffle ball and then you still like help them with their swing and have fun and they're yes. you know they're playing the wiffle ball is like one of the best things for kids to do in the first place right just for overall like competitiveness for athletic for athleticism for for everything so yeah a lot of times we'll just be like what do you guys want to do today Sometimes they'll be like, "Let's play catch." I'm like, "Okay, let's play catch. Let's I love make that. a target. Let's make a target." Like we, we'll do a lot of stuff like that where it's it's like fun where they'll play catch and we'll show them how to throw and then we'll be like, "Hey, throw it through this tire." Even uh, the last couple of days we did like a, we had a little circuit it was like hit the ball off the tee run jump over this hurdle jump on this box you know go through this ladder stand on this it's balance beautiful. beam yeah beautiful. and they and they loved it like and you know they're they're running and they're they're picking up ground balls and they're swinging off the tee and they're just having fun with it and i think a lot of st- stuff like that can be you know just as beneficial as like okay here's a round of batting practice of course right of course and
1: and like you know what and and not to whole, write a whole dissertation on it but like when you and i were growing up not to say like we're old, but when you and I were growing <laughs> up, we didn't, we just did it like it's a new world now. So yeah. like us taking for granted playing wiffle ball, they don't do that as often. So like mm-hmm. putting them in, a, in an instructional environment and positive environment playing wiffle ball is training, is, yeah. is training. It is training. It's not just, you know, my kids playing wiffle. Ball. No, it's, it's deep. It's bigger than that. It's bigger yeah. than
0: that. Well, like I've had a couple of pros on the show and, and I'll like ask them what their childhood was like. It's like, oh, I always played wiffle ball in the front yard with my brother. Like everybody who like is like made it, quote unquote, made it. They all did these fun games. They were playing wiffle ball in the front yard or they're you know, doing stuff like that because that helped, you know, you learn to compete. It helped you with like hand-eye coordination, learn to love, just overall love the game, just, just playing wiffle ball. So I think that like stuff like that is super important that maybe kids aren't really doing that much anymore. Right. With with like, you know, social media and video games are, are even bigger than they were when I was a kid. Right. So it's like there's a lot more distractions now, you know, with YouTube and social media and, you know, all that stuff. So I just feel like maybe they're not doing those that kind of stuff as much anymore as when we were a kid. Totally. So For something
1: sure. one of our busiest programs in just in time baseball, I rent a 400 yard dome in the winter. <laughs> uh, not not the cheapest. But yeah, yeah. we have the most amount of kids there. And what is the program? The program is instructional gameplay. That's it. it. It's not drills. Kids, you see these little four-year-olds with jerseys on. It's adorable. <laughs> and they're playing games. And it's it's instructional gameplay. So you're the facilitator of their game, right? Mm. Stop the game, coachable moment. Where do we go with the like a seven-year-old, right? Like our rookie, our Sunday morning rookie program has 75 kids in it and i have 13 14 coaches running it and it's like in a dome and our busiest program by far most successful and it's gameplay it's not drills zero drills It's all gameplay my to to edify what you're saying just to edify it like it's game it's instructional gameplay how often is that being done like just gameplay no drills no stations gameplay and we sprinkle in hey sprinkle a little instruction let the kids play yeah. You give a little bit of instruction when need be. So it's, yeah, you, it's, it needs to be done more, frankly.
0: Yeah, you can you can learn so much about the game. Just, just playing a game, right? And then be like, hey, you should have done this instead. Or what would you do in this situation, right? And they can learn learn a lot from that that I don't think like um, coaches really do much of, right?
1: 100%, 100%. Like, how about just putting kids in situations, like knowing yeah. what to do in a practice? Yeah. Like, I'm assuming when you run a practice, I know as a baseball guy, big time baseball guy, like I'll tell a parent coach, like just have a kid hit, put out, put what base runners out there See what and just do. say, all right, one out it's a six, two game. We're up by four. What do we do? What do we throw yeah, the ball? Let them play. Yeah. See what they do.
0: See what they do. And then correct it. If they do something wrong, be like, you know what? Good idea. But this is actually why we should do this instead. And then like, okay, they're going to remember that a lot more than if you're just like, Hey, here's a here. Look on this board. This is how we do this situation. It's like, no, let them learn. Let them try to figure it out on their own. And then when they get it wrong, you correct it, right? I like think that's super instructional. Gameplay
1: is it's huge. I, absolutely, coach. Absolutely, it's it's major. And it's and it's letting them just kind of go, right? Letting them yeah. do it, and then you come in and sprinkle in knowledge when when need be. Sometimes the best advice I know. Sometimes the best thing to do is nothing as a coach. <laughs> like let them play and just like less is more. Let's let yeah. them do it, and your words become more profound and have more weight when you when you really when it needs to be sprinkled
0: in. Yeah, rather than trying to a lot of people try to overcoach, right? Try to like, every little thing is just like da, da 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 and it's like overwhelmed for kids because you just gave them 15 different instructions on one play. And it's like just sometimes let them play and you know correct it as you go. No doubt about it. I want to uh I want to jump back to to where you started because um when COVID happened you started your your online um phys ed classes which you know talking to a lot of people like COVID is always like the factor of where people, it either broke people or like people leveled up from it. Um, and you're a prime example of that. And same with us. Like our, we had just opened our old facility. It, we were like three months in or four months in and then COVID happened. And we're like, oh my God, like what, like what's going to happen? We had a little bit of money saved up, but I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And I'm going to just give our kids, like our the kids that we train, just some it's like just some drills, just like that's all that that's all it was. And then I started doing that, and I started po- posting more on social media. And then I just kind of started to grow that. And I'm like, oh, there's like potential here. Like we could really do something with this. And then I posted every single week. It's been almost four years now, and it's just like every single week. And then that kind of started getting me to grow the social media. Social media turned into what it is now, which is still growing. Turned into this podcast. Turns into like just getting the opportunity to talk to so many like interesting people like yourself and, and other like professional ball players And just, if I wouldn't have done that, like taking that COVID as an opportunity, if I wouldn't have done that, then who knows where we would be. We probably, would probably been shut down and it would have went, you know, wherever. Um, and even with that, like I talk about this all the time. I, I was the last person that would be on camera ever. Like I would never do it before, but I did it. I stepped outside my comfort zone and, and then because of that, like literally my job is to be on camera with, with social media for Northern baseball training. I'm also an online personal trainer. It's my other business. And it's literally my job to talk to the camera every day to post videos. So like, if I wouldn't have done that, then neither one of my businesses probably would have happened. Right. I, I quit my engineering job to do that full time. So like now wow. I'm like literally living the dream because of that opportunity that True could that. have been, that could have been, it could have broke us, right? We could have been like, okay, we'll just wait and see what happens. And then, you know, and then never really rose from those ashes, but we did. And it's, it grew into, it's growing into something like just bigger than we would have ever expected. Right. And same with you. Like if you wouldn't have started your, your online phys ed class, now you're working for MLB. Right. But that wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have done that. Right. So it's like taking the opportunities um, and just learning and, and growing from them.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, and uh, do you follow? Do you follow the Instagram follower Andy Elliott? Uh
0: I don't he's think a so.
1: sales trainer. He's a sales trainer, and he says, and this applies to leadership coaching, right? Like he said, if you want to grow and you want to be successful, you got to be an extrovert. Even if I'm an, he's like, I'm an introvert, but I got to be an extrovert, yeah. right? I got to be an extrovert in order to grow. Like you got to get in front of people. You got it. You got to do it. It's just it is, get it is uncomfortable.
0: You got to get uncomfortable. Any kind of don't growth in it. anything is is doesn't happen in your comfort zone, and you know, being on camera, you know, making YouTube videos, on, uh, uh, they were bad. Like me talking to the camera, they were bad. You know, maybe the instruction was good, but the the, the quality was bad. The, like I was so awkward on camera, super uncomfortable to record those videos, even more uncomfortable to post them on the internet and share them around knowing that like I was bad, be- like, but then you just get better and better and you grow and you grow and you grow. And no I doubt. think it's important for kids to know that, like... You have to step outside your comfort zone if you want to be successful in anything right it might seem terrifying it might seem scary to do whatever that thing is but once you do it you'll be like why was I so scared of that like why why did I make that such a big deal like with everything like public speaking or whatever like whatever it is every time you do it you're like okay that wasn't so bad right it's you it's never really it's not really ever like oh that was way worse than I thought it was going to be it's usually like, okay, well that wasn't so bad. Wow, I was just so nervous? And then you do it again and again and again and again. And then, and then you, you get to a level that you never would have expected. Right.
1: The only thing you have to fear, what's the famous quote is fear, the only thing to fear is fear itself. Who was the president yeah. of this? I should know that.
0: Something like but, that.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's true. It's like, you know, ultimately it's just getting it done, getting it done, yeah. but you built a great brand. Listen, I mean, it really just, you've done a phenomenal job and I'm glad we got to do this podcast because, uh, like you said, to learn from other great people in the baseball yeah. community. It's sm- it's big, but it's small. The base, right? It's like, it's almost like, you know, someone that I know, someone that we yeah. know the same people and like we're, we're baseball people. It's, we're all in it together, right? To yeah. grow the game. So it's 100%. beautiful, beautiful to talk with you.
0: Um, yeah. Like, and you I've... built a
1: great business. Sounds like.
0: I appreciate that, and I'm, uh, you know, this could be a whole other podcast because I know you're an entrepreneur yourself. But like talking about what you've done with Just in Time Baseball, I'm curious to, to know about that. So we'll connect another time about how you've kind of built that into what it is. But yeah, like the that's the beauty about social media is you can meet so many people that you never would have met before, um, and have awesome conversations like this one, um, like all the podcasts I've had. Like the only reason that I've, I'm able to even have a conversation with these people is because of social media um and it's powerful like social media is powerful i talk about it all the time that you can use social media as a tool and use the internet as a tool because you know like this phone right here is so powerful like major there's a, there's major an billions infinite, there's yeah there's an infinite amount of information on it there's an infinite amount of contacts on it like i think i just had this conversation last week like you can do anything you want like with your phone you can no doubt about- you know With courses and 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 mentorships and coaches and social media, like you can use it to your advantage if you if you uh, if you do it the right way, right? So
1: yeah, listen, I'd like to learn from you. I mean, you know, you do a great job and great way of showing your brand. And I also think like the cream comes to the top. Like you're you're clearly doing something right, right? Like you, you are personally clearly doing something right as an entrepreneur, as a youth coach for sure. That's why you're growing. The cream comes to the top um and you know these are free i call these gifts from god like they're gifts they're free it's free it's free like it's as an entrepreneur and i love how this is because we both love i could tell we both love entrepreneurship because (laughs) entrepreneurship is just doing what you love creativity hard work the whole deal that you know beautiful but like they're gifts from god and and honestly you have a you promoting and doing your drills and tips and and everything else is actually not for yourself. It's for your customer. It's for oh, yeah. that. You have an obligation as a leader in the space to communicate, you know, correct information. Yeah. So posting on social media is not about Justin Sherman or about Doug. It's about the player, the parent, yeah. the customer.
0: Yeah, that's what sure. it's about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, man, thank you so much for, for doing this. It's turned out to be an awesome conversation, man. So I thank you for reached out and then, you know, it was, it was good, to, it was good to have you on. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we did this. So, um, before we go, do you have anything that you want to you know pitch like your Instagram? What's your Instagram? What, what yeah. can, people, no, I, can people find I you? I
1: really appreciate it. I really appreciate you. And, uh, I am really glad that we spoke. I actually, I do want to have a, a, a uh, selfish pitch. I actually just wrote an ebook Perfect. free, completely free. And it's called common negatives and youth coaching and how to fix them completely free. Go to justintimebaseball.com and literally just just go. The link is, or you can go to my Instagram, Justin Time Baseball. Link is in the bio, or go to the website and go to education. Just give your information completely free. It's for any youth coach. And it's really just showing almost like a toolbox, a tool for you this season in your toolbox uh, when you step onto, before you step onto the field in the spring of 2024, and just kind of a guiding light. So I'd love to. You know, tell everyone about that completely free. Common negatives and youth coaching. I'd love for you and I off air to talk about that and how yeah. we could collab. I love how maybe there's something there, you and I for sure to, to collab on something. Um and yeah, JustinTimeBaseball.com cool. reach out to me. Any questions, you're a parent coach. I'm here to help. It's all about cool. growing the game.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again. Um, if you guys are listening, go check them out at JustinTimebaseball.com and uh and thanks again, man. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks. This is awesome.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys like the episode, please take a screenshot and share it to your social media and tag me so I know who's listening. And while you're at it, if you guys did like the episode, please share it with a friend. That is the only way that this podcast is going to grow is if you share it out.